Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamflat and Michael Sidgwick here to review last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Monday Night Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a video quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review last night's Raw, the go-home show ahead of Elimination Chamber. Weak. Really, really weak. Um, me and Sidgwick previewed this yesterday, and it wasn't the traditional Raw preview when there was Nout. The WWE email had said that like Austin Theory was going to speak. There was four matches they built stuff from the prior week, which we kind of had to remind ourselves of because it was like, can it really be that bland? The stuff that they were setting up and trying to sell tickets for. This show unfortunately delivered on those low expectations. I was waiting when we were reviewing things after the fact. I think, nah, what have we left out there? The Trish thing wasn't advertised, but we tried to touch on it. Mm-hmm. Bianca Belair's not got anything obvious yet for WrestleMania. What's going to happen there? Like, and yet nothing, nothing felt like it was added value on show. There was one promo that was obviously. Really interesting. I thought it was really good, and it was very interesting as well. I'm yeah. looking forward to diving into that. Um, second week in a row where they didn't need to promote it because what you got was great. But otherwise, this was just a going-nowhere show. Like We said this as well yesterday with regards to SmackDown. Nothing will deter people's interest in Elimination Chamber. That is a hot-feeling show. There will be immense buzz on Saturday, I believe. Like It will have that. AEW recaptured this with pay-per-view that day of the show feeling of, oh my God, it's tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, make your plans, getting ready, whatever your sort of pre-show excitement is. It will definitely, definitely have that. But it wasn't an excuse to promote a Raw this mid. Oh God, this is so mid. This was as mid as it gets. There were certain things on this show I'm thinking, why am I still watching this? Why am I... Ugh, God damn it. I'm glad that Elimination Chamber's on Saturday, is it? Yep. Because if I ever see Seth Rollins and Austin Theory, for example, interact <laughs> again, what are Bailey and Becky going to do at WrestleMania? Don't tell me that's going to... must continue. My oh, no. God, this show's got such a habit. And it's the same under Vince, and it's the same under Triple H. Yes, the highs are a bit higher, a lot higher under Triple H, but there's still that miasma of, oh, my God, oh, my God, why are these people interacting Again, mm. I quite liked it. <laughs> I don't know whether you can see if you have had. You took extra, a day off. I've had a day off and uh, missed all this. Yeah. Took a day off. You didn't really have to watch any of the wrestling at the weekend. Oh, I didn't do any of that. No, um, and uh, there was bits in this show kind of 
dedicated especially for me. But the thing was, I think I watched this show and all the stuff happened, like the Bobby and Brock stuff happened and, and Cody and Sammy, as, as you said, was we'll get into. And, you know, some enjoyable spots in matches. Angelo Dawkins, again, looked amazing. Um, and I was watching this going, oh, this show's really, really heading along. And look at that main event we've got, you know, three <laughs> phenomenal wrestlers. Uh-huh. And then at the, end, at the end of it all, we're going to get Trish Stratus. And then it sort of finished and I went... Yeah, basically, you just wanted to see Trish Stratus. Well, no, I was enjoying the show in and <laughs> you of want itself to, with, want... the, with, the, with the mentality of, well, we're going to get this added bonus at the end, this last Christmas present. And then they went, no, that's it. They... So, you <laughs> wanted, so you wanted to unwrap Chris, uh, Trish Stratus? Yeah. Oh, my God. Let's get into it. Becky Lynch starts in the ring with Postman Pierce. Um, she talks about her path to WrestleMania not being clear. Bit of an understatement. Um, she'd been distracted by those damaged Katara fools. Um, she's going to be the Raw Women's Champion. That's why she's got Postman Pierce out there. She wants to fight her way into the Elimination Chamber. Did they do that a while back? Yeah. It was like the Chamber with like nine people in it or something. They had a, yeah, they had a men's seven-man one. That was it. Um, that I think maybe Cena or Braun got the way into at the end. So you had a like, triple threat to start with. I thought so, Did yeah. They? Yeah, Braun. What like, was this? Oh, 20... I'll look it up. 18, maybe? Oh, I've got um, no idea. I because like Braun... I think Braun technically claims the record for like the most eliminations, but it was in a non-traditional chamber, so Shayna gets the nod for the. Yeah, you ever seen that one, Will Braun? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one? No, it wasn't. I don't. That one. I don't really care. Twenty eighteen. You are okay. correct. Wow. Who started that one out then? Let's have a look. Um. Oh, okay. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. 2018. No, no, no. Do you think? Useless. Sorry, that just reminded me. Someone sent us a, a, a Raw Review bingo card. You seen this? Heard about this? No. Is it a new bingo card? Not a bingo we card had one in 2019, I yeah, want to say. I want to know what that looks like because I'll be long forgotten in jokes. Yeah. If anyone uh, can uh, dig that one out, let us know. Critter Sylvan. At uh, Critter the Sylvan on Twitter, uh, C R I T T E R S L S Y L V N. Easy for me to say. Uh, <laughs> um, useless is on there. <laughs> um, we've already had. Oh my god. Um, Sitch, Sitch disagrees with something that I liked is on there. Pamphlet <laughs> <laughs> bleep. That's also on there. Yeah. But that means you're more synonymous with swearing. Yeah, and the numbers lie, apparently. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, one in the middle. Uh, who wants to? Who spelled disaster for you at sacrifice? Oh, actually, you've technically got a line here. Middle, one in the middle, Cody being the best part. Yeah. Well, that's done. Oh, I wish I was. It blank. Mm-hmm. That comes later. Uh, Man and do pitch black match mentioned. Mammy. Uh, and probably offensive accent, which I already did with the Becky. So yep, three it. of them so far. <laughs> um, anyway, we're talking about. Oh yeah, so who's in the elimination chamber? Braun, correct. Six more. Six. Cena doing the. I don't know if I'm going to get a WrestleMania this year. Correct. The Undertaker, yeah, wasn't it? Guess I'll just have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. On that, Cena, Seth, Owens before Steve Austin, Becky. It's a thing now, isn't it? I want to point at the sign, but I just. I don't know if I can. There's <laughs> nothing for opponent. me, one of the biggest stars yeah. on the roster. It's pathetic. I'm glad they're not, they're not doing that this year, are they? Company, yeah, Becky Lynch. It's happening right now. Company oh, yeah, incompetence as a trope. 
Like, I'm the biggest star in the company, can't find anything for me. What's that about? That's a whole story now. <laughs> uh, Cena and Braun. Uh, AJ? No. no Roman? AJ. Roman, of course. <laughs> I, got, I love this, the layout of this. Finn Balor. Correct. She's got three more to get. Yeah. Oy. One WrestleMania main event, and one person who, two people who haven't wrestled main event at WrestleMania. CM Punk. Mm, the Miz. Correct. There's your main eventer. Uh, Seth Rollins. Correct. One more. Because he was there. Uh, Came in at number seven. 2018 was uh, Monday Night Rollins season. Oh, God. Seth Rollins wrestled for another 50 minutes, guy. This guy's goaded. This guy's boring. Actually, <laughs> just, for a, lot, got just no, for a lot of minutes. That match has got no cultural imprint whatsoever. Let's, let's make one up for it. Let's start, like, like doing the Mario, you drop this, to the Iron Man Raw match for 2018. <laughs> it went two hours. Uh, Eliminated second, came in seventh. Dolph Ziggler. No, good guess. You're right, right, ballpark. Rey Mysterio. No. Kofi. No. Our truth No, he appeared on this Raw that we've just watched. Very, very brief. Corbin. No. That was so memorable. Appeared backstage in a segment I quite liked, actually. Actually. Uh, Can't remember who's Farley. No. He wouldn't like the segment. (laughs) That segment that I would probably have liked. Oh, Elias. Correct. Yeah. Jesus. Um, so The Miz. Sorry, I'll do it in the order that they... So Elias and John Cena were both in that segment with The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Braun won a tag belt with Nicholas. Roman Reigns had one of the worst main events of all time against Brock Lesnar. I thought like, it was good. Well, the booze was. It was terrible, but it was... Uh, <laughs> the, the Miz, what did The Miz do at that WrestleMania? Is that the IC title? IC one? title with Balor, who was also and in that Rollins. match. And Rollins. And Rollins. Is that everybody accounted for? I think Jesus so. Christ. Uh, yeah, so we had, uh, I don't know, I'm not, I'll not do the entries, but I'll do the eliminations. The Miz, eliminated by Braun Strowman. Elias, eliminated by Braun Strowman. John Cena, eliminated by Braun Strowman. Finn Balor, eliminated by Braun Strowman. Seth Rollins, eliminated by Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, eliminated by Roman Reigns. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye. Wanking <laughs> that big glove. Ooh, if that uh, happened nowadays, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah. They, they did. The first of- segment. They did one of the most hated Elimination Chamber finishes, the Goldberg Triple H one, in an effort to continue to try and get their top baby face over. Yeah. yeah. That, like, you should, I was saying books should be written. You should write it, Cedric. The, Ro- the Roman Reigns, the multifarious Roman Reigns disaster of about a six-year project. Oh, no. 2014 to 2020 inclusive. No. Like, I don't, I don't want to. Best thing he ever did call was... call it the Roman Reigns retrospective as well. <laughs> <laughs> Could discuss the first f***ing segment on this. See, that's like... On this show, the first one, it's raw, it's three hours, man. The best. Press the bingo button for a literal bingo. (laughs) Bingo! God, I love this show. Right, anyway. Show of the week. (laughs) Oh, God, you useless tosser. Can we just do the first segment? Uh, She, yeah, wanted an opportunity to fight into the Elimination Chamber. Out came Bailey. said... I want to be champion. We're not finished. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They read their uh, Wikipedia pages. I've made an event at WrestleMania. Well, I've left WrestleMania with title belts, et cetera, et cetera. Out comes Bianca Belair, who says, well, maybe I should be involved in this scene as I'm the Raw Women's Champion. And Belair suggests that we do a triple threat um, to see if they can get past her to get into the chamber. He announces it for the main event of the evening. Uh, if Becky or um, Bailey wins, they're in the chamber. If not, Bianca 
uh, prevents them from getting in, basically. Triple H is rightfully, in my opinion, criticised for being boring in terms of how he plots things out, but he does plot, which I quite like, but uh, it is quite bland a lot of the time. This is bland. A lot of, well, a lot of this, to me, felt like things have not gone his way, shall we say. I don't know whether or not that's because of, like, powers above him, such as Vince McMahon, or just other forces politically have kind of, like, worked against him to be like, oh, I've got to do this instead. I've got to lift Ray Ripley out of a, what would have been a really hot match with Bianca Belair and give it to Charlotte Flair instead for reasons. Mm. Uh, was, like, Trish Stratus was a Sean Ross Sapp story. It wasn't just Twitter, you know. Well, it was, t- yeah, it was technically that rooked wrestling thing. We yeah. reported on the news this morning, I think, to be fair, uh-huh. Dakota Kai's injured. Right. So they're not, they're maybe maybe they thought that's what they're going to just, they just said, oh, bollocks, well, we can't do it in Canada, but we can do it at WrestleMania. Well, that's, I was going to say, like, Trish Stratton, that was, seemed to be a thing that was happening and then suddenly was not. Like, the leader thing was going to take place at Raw's Triple X. So again, that suggests some plotting is the point yeah. I'm making. And then a bunch of stuff seems like it's getting thrown up in the air to the point where we have Bianca Belair in a, um, impromptu triple threat main event where she puts both of these down and out. It didn't, this felt like it was never ever supposed to be part of any plan. No. And yet it was happening regardless. But it's a fault on Triple H because I think the really great bookers can pivot when they can't do what they intended. Obviously, it's not ideal. And if you're trying to tell stories long term, there's going to be things that go wrong. But if you look at the trial of Sami Zayn versus the bloodline, what was it going to be? The family acknowledgement ceremony, yeah, like, whatever it was. Yeah. That Paul Hems did a great job of that. That is such a good story that the pivot was possible. He's not telling good stories in the women's division. Ergo, when something goes wrong, yeah. plans yeah. change. you have this mess. Paul Heyman did a great job of that. And I remember when the full <laughs> gear 2021 card got leaked and Tony Khan couldn't really do all of it, that he was going to do Punk Wardlow. He decided to do Punk Kingston. That's how you book, brother. Yeah. Can't do that with uh, these two knackers who just read off the Wikipedia accomplishments. Tell us what happened for the benefit of those who don't watch Raw, which is... 98% of our listenership. That was it. They just announced it for the main event. There you go. Pathetic. Absolutely terrible. Like It was one of those, I hate it, when they suddenly decide it's the greatest idea of the world. I like your thinking. <laughs> Do you? Because this is terrible booking that takes two acts. Spoiler alert, Bianca Belair wins a triple threat match and no one gets into the chamber extra. You take two acts in Becky Lynch and Bailey who have been in far more prominent roles in their in their career that are floundering, and now you unnecessarily make them even bigger losers by the end of the show. They can't even get into the elimination chamber, which has such luminaries as who's in that match? Not Natalia. A, not a negger, but like Nikki Cross. Natalia. Nikki Cross and Natalia. Yeah. Hallway. You've got someone who's never really got over, and Nikki Cross. <laughs> he could have gone either way. That's what I love about that one. He could have gone either way. But you know what I mean? Like, they're meant to be horsewomen. They're meant to be legends. They're meant to be... Becky Lynch is meant to be a main event star. Yep. Terrible booking. Triple H should hand in the book and give it to Paul Heyman. I know we He's like, doing the good stuff anyway. I know we lean on him as a bit of a crutch, but, like, Steve Austin wouldn't beg for a WrestleMania match. Like, he just, yeah. he just wouldn't. That character wouldn't come out and be like, oh, i got nothing up for WrestleMania. I've got nothing to do with WrestleMania. Been going mean? up and down these roads on the house show loop. <laughs> nothing to do with WrestleMania. When I was talking about Barry Windham in the car, he was saying, what are you doing in WrestleMania, Steve? I said, well, I don't know. Like, it just wouldn't happen. Mm. He would do it now on his podcast, but he wouldn't do it in the ring in 2000. Because uh, he was broken neck 2001. I got my dates right. <laughs> we'll circle back to this for the main event. Um, uh, Byron <laughs> Saxon's backstage, um, but he's, uh, he's chatting to... Um, 
um, um, I'm in the f***ing judgment day. Yeah, always allowed for one of them. Thank you. Um, Damien Priest, feeling very confident about the uh, US title elimination chamber, of course. Warned everyone else who's going to be locked in there with him. Dom's like, thanks, Damien. Speaking <laughs> of being locked up. Brilliant. It's the best. I do like how they find every opportunity. It's good. Everything's prison. Yeah, everything is prison. Uh, he says, look, I know what it's like to be uh, locked <laughs> up, guys. Um, he said, look, Rhea Ripley's not here. She's out promoting WrestleMania. I'm getting ready for Valentine's Day. And uh, Finn Balor says, we're about to smoke the Street Profits, basically. Yeah. Then he says we're going to smoke them up and roll them up and... Roll them up and smoke them. Yeah. What's that about? Stand already. <laughs> what's like? What's Finn Balor's munch? He's like celery or something. He's eating. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> what's it, what was his trick? Is he not allowed to eat cereal? Yeah, he put himself off cereal by like smelling dog food or something every time. So he, cereal. Yeah, he associates that with that now, so he cannot have it. No, there, these guys are mental for their milk. Can't have too much milk. Uh, like we went to Cardiff for Miller, and he has a very strict true, yeah. milk uh, quarter. He was milk bad for you now. I, I don't know, but you can only have so much of it, can't you? Yeah, Miller had to like, um, ration his milk yeah. out. What did they have at the start of the day, then, for breakfast? I know, meat. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> meat. Fish. Chick- chicken and broccoli. In Finn Balor's case, protein like, shake. The dog food put him off, but it was okay, because he had the cat food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> LTST, he didn't yeah. say, because he would eat cat food. He would. By virtue of being a cat. <laughs> Uh, and then it was time for Dom and Finn versus the Street Profits. We want Mammy Chance again. Like I say, on, I thought Angelo Dawkins looked great in here again. Uh, By design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mont- to break your heart. Montez Ford uh, did this huge dive out onto Priest because there kept being interference from Dom and, and what have you. Uh, Angelo Dawkins pulls Dom into the ring and pounces him out of it. Um, but that distraction allowed Ballard to hit Dawkins with a sling blade and a coup de gras for the one, two, three. It's kind of more about the post match here, but we'll talk about the match first. Decent again. Um, yeah, a specific point like the, the booking of the Street Profits at the moment, and we can call it that the booking of the Street Profits, is to show you that Montez Ford has had it, like has got it, but that Angelo Dawkins has had it all along. So if the split is coming, you've got the um, justifiable fume from Angelo Dawkins that people weren't showing him the respect they were showing his partner. Equally, if you want to. Get them both over as baby faces and do the rare split where there's no acrimony. You've basically built up the other guy in the background yeah. while keeping Montez Ford at the front. It's it's decent booking whichever way you go with the Street Profits. Yeah, I thought the layout of this match, I don't know if you're going to recap it, it was only eight minutes. So you're not going to. No, I okay. just, just did the finish. <laughs> Fine. It was eight minutes, the majority of which was structured to really make Dawkins look good. And my God, his vertical leap on those kicks as well. Like, and he he's got that almost Takeshita adjacent clothesline where he just spans the entire breadth mm. of the ring. He's flying all over the place. He's getting the vertical leap on those kicks. He just looks like an absolute stud. But he's the one who ah, he's just he cannot win at the minute, and it's it's effective because he's going to become desperate if he can't get it done after performances like this. It's going to justify this turn. Have you noticed as well that last week they spotted, obviously, the praise, and like he deserved it as well, but the praise that Dominic Mysterio got for how daft he looks, how terrified he looks when he's taking a big move or he suddenly found himself fish out of water. It's moved on from just cutting daft promos where he's like got ideas above his station to everything he does in-ring as well. Any bump he takes now, they've told him, 
like just express the fear that you might really have in this situation. And he's making himself, I wouldn't say it's meme worthy or anything, but it's just another added feature. Like every, there is not a single bug about the Dominic Mysterio act now. All of it is feature on top of feature on top of feature. I thought they played with it really nicely here with what happened. So Judgment Day post-match just as I'd keep beating the crap out of the Street Profits. Who should make the save? But the grit couple, uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix, they run down. Edge goes after Priest and Balor. Beth Phoenix goes after Dom. Gets him up, and I'm like, yes, very good. You hold him up. He says, mammy. Then you hit the glam slam. But swerve. In comes Rhea Ripley. Jumps Beth Phoenix from behind. Hits a riptide. And Edge slides in the ring to, to cower over his injured wife as uh, Finn Balor cackles yet again. He's so happy with what's happened. They're great. I think this has been really well put together, this match. Uh, like it's They've lent into the comedy of the Judgment Day rather than trying to keep it completely serious with Edge and Beth Phoenix. Absolutely the right call. And the detail of Rhea Ripley being away last week so that they could set up Edge and Beth Phoenix, because they were obviously wrong-footed by Edge and Beth last week. They were able to use that to get them this way. I think this has been a nice build to a match I'm genuinely looking forward to. Yeah. Like the result matters. Rhea, like Rhea Ripley has to win. There'll be like real nerves around Edge and Beth Phoenix getting the win. But when, they, when she does... You've kind of got your edge baller match set yeah. up as well. Not not bad stuff, this. And not just saying that as a total mark for the Judgment Day. <laughs> I'm not a total mark for the Judgment Day, and I think it's quite good. <laughs> just on the right kind of silly for me. Uh, they had some footage. How about them Chiefs? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, which means they get a special Super Bowl WWE title thing. It's, it's like unbelievable bit of business from WWE, this, isn't it? I saw... What was the guy's name? The QB. Mahomes. Patty Mahomes, probably. Yeah. What are you talking about there? That guy, Brady. QBs. The Brady in the pocket guy. Gotta be up there with Brady, yeah. <laughs> he's got that friggin' um, Steve Lombardi trophy. And uh, he's like, yeah, what? Out of the way, you. He's the got, Steve like, Buscemi trophy. Give me the WWE title. Like, fair play. Like, they've, they've played yeah. a minor with that, haven't they? Good, uh, good Super Bowl. Very good. Worth checking out the uh, halftime show as well. It's to uh, the rules... It's like MMA. It's like not only... Like I can understand the rules. If I sit there, watch a few games, I can understand the rules and my enjoyment of the game would be unimpeded by my lack of understanding. But the tactical and strategic intricacies of MMA and American football, no matter how much I think I would have liked them had I just watched them earlier, mm. can't be asked. There was one bit that you would have uh, would appreciate in the in the final of this. So obviously, like you say, they have all these plays. You got running, you got passing plays, etc., etc. Kick it, punt it, etc., etc. Nothing looks as nice as a goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in any sport. Um, but there is one bit. The Philadelphia Eagles have got this just this huge uh, O line, the offensive line, and. Uh, when they would get, because obviously you have to get 10 yards across four plays, potentially. When they get to within one yard, they just started playing rugby. So they just, instead of being like, oh, are we going to hand it off to the quarterback? Is he going to run with it? Is he going to throw it to someone? Is he going to pass it to someone else? They just got the ball, and everyone just went, <laughs> like just pushed the other team. And the, the, the quarterback would just go, no, got it over the line. And then they were, okay, start again. So it was, it was quite, that was quite enjoyable in terms of just not, just brute, complete brute force for that. But uh, yeah, it came down to the wire. So uh, go Carlts next season. They ain't got a fucking shot, but go Carlts. How about the draft? Yeah, that's got to be, that's to be coming soon. I forgot about How are the Jags going to do in the draft? Or somewhere, I don't know. Um, go Dolphins. Yeah, go Jags. Who's your yeah? Who's your team? Uh, Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins because of Ace Ventura. Yeah. Uh, yes. I don't, I don't have one. 
I don't, yeah, I don't really have one. I had a T-shirt with Dolphins XQB Ryan Tannehill's name on the back. Oh. I got the free one time. <laughs> My team is whoever Gronk's playing for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a Colts, Colts fan. Um, ever since they've been terrible. Uh, watch them. Who's keeping Brady in the pocket these days? Uh, he's retired now. Oh, that's an, we're only two segments in. Well, we time now to move on to the Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley contract signing. Let's <sighs> uh, do the audio from the last one. <laughs> they have a fight. It gets broken up. The person who loses stands tall. My esteemed colleagues being cynical, but this was pretty bad. It was boring. It's just so, it was just the same. so basic. It felt like this has gone like at least one week too long. I'm like, well, we've done all the exciting stuff. What should it's we do? At least one match. Uh, yeah, well, they, they have Lesnar come down. He hoys the leather chair out of the ring. I like the bit, again, where Postman Pierce is literally saying, ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Lashley and Brock goes, Shut up, Pierce. Um, I'm tired of wasting time. And I was like, you're wasting more time there, Brock, mate. He's literally about to say his name and bring him out. But anyway, he calls out Bobby Lashley, who comes out, and there's loads of security and his own personal table and chair and what have you. Uh, tech, he's sick of Lesnar getting special treatment, despite the fact he always got the upper hand on him. Um, and Lesnar's like, come on, Bobby, come down to the ring. Uh, and Lashley's like, no, I've had my manager, my agent, my representatives, even my bloody kids look at this contract. And then they're like, so you're going to sign it? And he's like, oh, I'm not sure. I want to. And there's a Bobby scared chant that Lesnar shoot really enjoys. Um, he threatens to beat Lashley's ass. Um, but Lashley says he ain't got the walls to do it. Um, Lashley called him basic bitch Brock. Of course, this brings Lesnar to kill all of the security, charges at Lashley, but it gets back body dropped on the stage and then speared by Lashley, who signs the contract and... Whilst Lesnar is writhing around on the ground, there's a little smirk. He's He's got the match up for uh, Saturday, at least. Oh, God. But I hate this Bobby Lashley heel character. It feels like it's come out of nowhere for the purpose of wrestling Brock Lesnar because they like... Fans enjoy the cowboy Brock Lesnar stuff, so you've got to make Lashley a situational heel. But I was quite enjoying him as a babyface, and this doesn't feel real. He's not turned heel, is he? He's just... A bit of a coward, he's, but then he's, he's also hard. They don't know what they're doing with him, do they? all over the place. Yeah. The, character, the characterization of Bobby Lashley is all over the place. This feud is just nowhere near as epic Clash of the Titans as it should be. We've seen it. I'm convinced they've done an absolutely identical setup for one of the first two matches. I was just bored, rigid watching this. I'm... Glad it's finished. Like, I think, like, the match could be fine on Saturday, but it's one of the ones I'm least excited about on that card, and I'm so glad it's finished. Finished or finished? Kind of both, actually. <laughs> um, so after that chaos, it's time for Piper Niven versus Mia Yim Meechin. Um, This was obviously because of Mia Yim trying to be a good friend to someone backstage. Um but it was just a, basically a squash, pretty much. There was, a, I think, maybe a DDT in there from Mia Yim that got her a slight hope spot and maybe a one count. But uh, Niven dominated her uh, and hit her with a black hole slam to get the victory. Not much to this, but... <laughs> but uh, I wish... Like, I hope Piper Niven is a successful Triple H project because he's backed a bunch of losers so far. And you do have to do this when you're bringing people back. You have to have kind of routine wins some weeks. And WWE is never as effective at presenting matches as fixtures as AEW is. But that's what AEW does it for. Sometimes people just have to win and build them, build momentum when it's not cliche. Build momentum, get back over. I hope Piper Niven works. This wasn't outright home about at all. But you do have to do it. You do have to do the work to get some of these characters over. 
my chin's pinished. <laughs> like, my God, I feel sorry for her because she's come in. Peachin. Yeah, her creative extended to drinking beers with the Good Brothers. And she's <laughs> one of the guys, and she's a bit crazy, and that's actually her name. <laughs> and that's all been abandoned because apparently the Good Brothers have just said, I don't want to be there if I don't have to be there, so just don't fly us over there. And their entire role is completely one-dimensional and just be AJ's mates again. Why did they get hired? Quite an incredible bit of business from the Good Brothers, that isn't it? They'll be on a bait, like they'll not be getting as paid as much, but they'll be on something guaranteed. Yeah, they'll be on like a nice six-figure guarantee, low six-figure guarantee. Absolutely, la- they're laughing. Because the laughing. Brothers have done it again. Like so, Mizichin here <laughs> is that was a character at first. It was all a bit naff, frankly, and now she's nothing except an absolute jizzober. <laughs> and these matches play out to complete cisilence. It is honestly. I know she's got talent. I have seen her wrestle matches that were hot and were good. And it's bleak stuff watching this. It was bleak. It was, what, three minutes? Mm. Felt like Fawatine. It was Brooklyn tonight, wasn't it? Yeah. I <sighs> felt like Brooklyn at points, but not at others. Not the majority of it, yeah. I was, like, shocked. Yeah, they got up for some stuff, definitely. Yeah. They like the Street Profits, like Cody, like Seth. Got up for um, a finisher we'll get to later as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was at some point. Long, like, quiet spells in a building that isn't known for that. No. I was there. Mm-hmm. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. 
Uh, right, let's get to the uh, Sammy Cody segment then. Oh, can you imagine watching this episode of Raw on one of the, the seats where it's like, I'm going to die if yeah. I move <laughs> on for dear life. Madison Square Garden is goated. Barclays Centre is... The, the floor seats are incredible, like the ball. Oh, oh, oh fancy Oh, but the uh, high ones are really the high ones are terrifying. I, ideal for this because you don't need to get up and pop. You can just sit there. The know? architecture of MSG, considering how big it is and how essential it is to the city, I don't like homogeneity in anything, in art, in anything. My God, everyone should just rip off MSG. It looks yeah. incredible. Nailed it. Was uh, the first night when we got there? Was that NX? Was that takeover that we went to the Friday? Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I'm not going to say who it was. One of our colleagues fell asleep uh, during one of because you know if anything like me, I was absolutely exhausted at that show. Loved it obviously, but with the uh, what's it called? It was Jet a good lag. job that main event was that main event. Yeah. I would have been yeah. gonna. I might have fallen asleep for a minute. Well, yeah, with the jet lag though, everyone was exhausted, etc. Um, and I watched one of our colleagues fall asleep for about a minute, wake up, and not only wake up and be like. Oh my god, I'm at takeover. But like you say, wake up, look down. I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die. Oh my god, I'm at takeover. <laughs> it was uh Oh yeah. god, I'm falling. Oh I actually I'm falling. <laughs> yeah. Um so yes, it was Sammy and Cody next. Well, actually, technically, it was Kathy Kelly uh with Baron Corbin, uh who's had a tough week. Well, not all bad. <laughs> the team's won the Super Bowl and he doesn't have to hang around with JBL anymore. He's two one up. He uh he got, he got buried. Uh but before he can get anything else out, she's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um because time because Sammy Zayn's in the ring, uh, and they cut to the ring. Sammy Zayn's there. And there's the noise. Um, he says, oh, "I'm not here to hold up the show. I've got something to say and someone to say it to." And he calls out Cody Rhodes, who comes out. Uh, he welcomes Sammy to Monday Night Raw uh, and says, "What do you guys want to talk about?" <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's his thing now. Um, he said, "Sammy says this is uh, Cody. You and uh, Paul last week said the world on fire." Um, a lot to unpack. Jesus. Uh, one thing Cody said. How do you do it? Sammy can't stop thinking about it. Um, mentioning the fact it was looking more and more like it could be Cody versus Sammy at WrestleMania. Um, came all this way to look Cody in the eye and, and hear it again from him. Tell me face-to-face, Sammy says, is that lip service or do you actually think I can beat Roman Reigns? Cody says, my bandwidth's really dedicated to winning the title at WrestleMania. So I don't have a lot left over to BS you, Sammy. Um, when I said that I thought you could beat Roman, I meant it. But, you know, I don't think that's what this is about here. Does it matter if I believe? What matters is if you believe. Do you think you can beat Roman? And Sammy says, the truth? Um, the truth is, oh, lay chance going on all this. Truth is, I don't know. Um, you haven't seen what I've seen, Cody. Uh, I've stood shoulder to shoulder for over nine months with Roman Reigns. They always find a way. I've seen it. Um, him being in God mode isn't just a catchphrase. He's operating on a level higher than ever before. Um, people bigger than me, stronger than me, better than me, walk in that ring and lose. Um, but if you're asking me if you think I'm worthy of being main event material, I do. I have to with every fiber of my being. Because if I don't, no one else will. Uh, but you're asking me if, if you're asking me if I'll walk out of Montreal as the new champion. I don't know. You can do it, Chance. And Cody encourages them. Says, everyone here knows. Montreal knows. Yes, I've not been uh, where you've been, Sammy. But I've what I've been watching Roman Reigns and everything's falling around him now. 
There's dissension in the bloodline for the first time ever, and that is because of you. There are cracks in the armor because of you. Um, the idea that the greatest champion can even just possibly be dethroned is because of you, Sammy. Um, this awesome moment in time is because of you. Look, Roman may have put God mode on a T-shirt, but he's a man. Crack him open in the chamber and find out for yourself. I won the Rumble. I intend, as Michael Cole said, to finish my story. Sammy, you need to finish yours. One more thing, says Cody. I don't want to see you next week on Raw, because I'd rather see you at WrestleMania. Magnificent stuff, again. Um, the I wouldn't say I was losing any faith, but the how great Cody and Heyman was on Raw last week yeah. was this feeling of, uh, they've absolutely got this, they've got every single element of this, and then I was slightly shaken by Sami Zayn and Paul Heyman stuff on SmackDown, we covered it yesterday on the review. It wasn't very good. They tried to make him out of nowhere this kind of like, Hardest, sexist, funniest, coolest WWE-style babyface when he was in there with Paul Heyman. Mm -hmm. And now, like, contextualizing that a little bit off the back of this Cody one, I can kind of, like, I can allow for it a little bit more. Like, the idea is he can say in front of Paul Heyman that he's super confident, and then he can say in front of Cody, somebody that he kind of holds in a certain reverence that he's not, feels way more the Sami Zayn we saw in the bloodline rather than this strange cockshaw guy that showed up on mm -hmm. Friday night. So I don't know if this is like a pivot or this is what the plan was all along and we were supposed to see both sides of Sami over both shows, which is fine. I'll take that as a like as a character choice as well because I just thought that Sami's delivery and how believable he was in putting across his respect for Cody and by, dis by, our soul, by sort of association, his respect for Roman Reigns as well. Like, he's seen the WrestleMania graphic, and he's seen it, and it looks better than one with him in. And he has to know that. <laughs> he has to know that going into Montreal. And yeah. I thought that was, like, a really unique way to build a title match that doesn't bury Zayn six days out or whatever it is, five days out. This was... So it was believable from two wrestlers that, again, felt like they were speaking as themselves rather than delivering scripted stuff. Hey, we've seen how you look at Roman, Paul. It's a little weird. This is a little weird. Who the hell are you? And you've like, been uh, doing the same thing for seven, eight, nine months. Yeah. So getting back to where we need to be was ideal. I just thought this really effectively sold, like at a very, very basic level, effectively sold the show on Saturday, effectively sold Cody and Roman, effectively sold the idea of Sammy and Cody. So even in terms of those like objective metrics with a wrestling promo, this was super successful, but delivery was tremendous again. Yeah. Um, Echo Hamlet's take of the tick, 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 tick. They've covered every permutation of this match. They've built every single permutation of whatever could happen. It's going to be Cody versus Roman. But they've built in this segment and indeed for the past however many weeks, every single permutation of what the main event could be at WrestleMania in a way that makes every um, viable outcome massive and somewhat unpredictable, I still think, even though I really don't. And they've made sure that Cody's a babyface and Roman's a massive heel and Sammy's a babyface. Mm -hmm. like they've done an absolutely majestic job of what was thought, not by me, to be this potentially tricky political mm. scenario. This was delightfully devilish, Paul, because, my God, this <laughs> promo segment, right, combined with the Sammy Zayn hood up, needs to get his cheap shot in, he's the underdog, compare that contrast with Cody Rhodes out in front, welcome you to Raw. I've got the suit on. Mm. I'm not that like little weirdo. <laughs> and this segment made Cody Rhodes Maverick and Sami Zayn Goose. And that is oh. absolutely fine. Oh my God. You've got the square jawed leading man action hero who wins in the end. 
and then you've got the doomed guy who's going to die in Montreal, and they made them friends, but they made through this segment, and Cody Rhodes going, you got to, I believe in you. Yeah. Come on. You should believe in yourself, man. And that makes Roman Reigns the unidentified heel fighter pilot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what country are they from? Uh, doesn't matter. It actually doesn't as well because yeah. those films. It's, it's the best film of last year. Yeah. yeah country yeah, Have you seen it? Cool. I haven't seen it. Oh, oh my God. I've watched it about he's, five he's times. He's not a big 80s nostalgic guy. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Apart from the Fed, obviously. <laughs> yeah. That's what's wrong with me. The Fed, <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. Hi. What do you think of Predator? I'm fine. Predator's mint. I watched it last yeah. night. Did you? Aye. Because I read someone else say on Twitter, I'm going to watch Predator at night. And I was like, well, now I have to. <laughs> I saw, do you know what my problem was? I saw... You um, like The Running Man, though. Love The, love the Running, running Man. Man. Favourite yeah, Arnie yeah. film is The Running Man. I saw, um, I think it's either Hot Shots, Hot Shots Part 2, where oh. Charlie Sheen's character, the Predator parody, where there's a point at which like cuts back to him and he's just up to his neck in the bullets that are coming out <laughs> of his gun. I saw that before I saw Predator. I was like, oh, that's the influence at this yeah. point. It's like... All the pe- all these people are just falling out of trees dying. <laughs> good though, good fun. So, was that Predator Two? Predator One, I think. Predator One's the last boy. I watched it last night. They've watched I- it last night. <laughs> just keep a Predator viewing in your back pocket. I watched it last night. I get Predator in three times a week. Oh, so it's absolutely class, man. <laughs> they did an absolutely immaculate job of what I've kind of been saying all along is that WWE fans in this story are kind of happy not to be defiant, not to impose their will. On WWE, dragged them in a deep waters. <laughs> they are happy that Sami Zayn's going to be the doomed baby face mm. and to set up Roman Reigns. Like, they're fine with it. They said the quiet part loud, and I think it was one last, potentially unnecessary, political masterstroke of, right, here's the guy who's going to endorse the little guy. The little guy's going to believe in him because the cool guy has said, that's what this was. Mm. And they got away with it. And I thought this was quite transparent. Really well done. But I thought they were just letting you know if any of you haven't got over it yet, get over it. That was the subtext of this. But the actual main point was what a magnanimous guy Cody Rhodes mm. is. What an absolute hero. What a sound bloke he is. He bloody believes in that Sammy. Even Sammy doesn't believe in Sammy. But how good is Cody to believe in Sammy? I honestly thought... People on the back of this were talking about like triple threats and stuff. Yeah. I thought this was an absolutely incredible political, sp- like, play spinning exercise. I think it's one of the best jobs they've ever done in terms of the bit between not the Rumble and WrestleMania, but that like, awkward. I don't know they used to have two sometimes, didn't they? Sometimes No Way Out or Fast Lane or Bloody Roadblock or whatever it was called. But like, yeah, of not making you go, well, cool. Just killed some time this month, uh, and then we can get properly on the road to <laughs> WrestleMania. So, do you know when you said sometimes that you've seen like a tweet or a take, and you're angry for several hours that it wasn't you didn't get to that one first? I've got that with the, that dweeb on Reddit who said that people are missing the point. This is not Brian Batista and whoever. This is Austin Foley and The Rock. Mick Foley was right here at this point at this exact time of year. WWE had Austin Rock in the sideline, and it could not be anyone else but Austin Rock. But Mick Foley and Sami Zayn are very, very comparable yeah. faces. And again, Austin was like, "I'll fight Mick Foley for the belt if he wins it first, yeah. just as Cody wants to." Now that that is absolutely the comparison, and they nailed that one too. It's the hope that kills you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As well, I was going to say, when's your final? Now, is it this weekend? Oh, it's next, next. weekend. 20% of me is a little bit anxious about it with the injuries. 100% of me is anxious about it. Like, <laughs> we are, honestly, our legs have gone in that squad. What's happened is that we have no depth. We've got a pretty great starting 11. And 
because he doesn't want to rotate, because the depth just simply isn't there. He's picked the same starting eleven pretty much all season when it was available when his favoured starting eleven. Good when that works, isn't it? Was available like to him. But the I, the problem is that our press is so ungodly intense that um our legs have gone halfway through the season. Man U have got a more harsh schedule, but then they've got more depth than us. So Eric like, Eleven Hogs on a roll at the moment as well, isn't it? I think obviously the Wembley thing's different. We'll be running around like crazy because it's Wembley. It's a bit different to like going away to Bournemouth yeah. in the Premier League. <laughs> but I think the lack of real quality in certain areas basically you don't have to be scared. It's going to be incredible drama. And if you know, the thing is, as well, if you weren't like a obsessed Mac and Bastard, then you wouldn't be bothered. But mm. that you, you're admitting to being obsessed. <laughs> he loves that one because he's more obsessed than me. I'm not obsessed. I'm going to I should say you wouldn't have wanted the last word there. I should say, <laughs> I'm not the last word about anything. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Notts County for their victory overs at the weekend. Uh, all twelve men of theirs did did uh, really well, including the referee. Yeah, uh, that was the implication. <laughs> <laughs> Only twenty percent of me is bothered though. Nicky Cross. Oh, God. <laughs> I, see, I didn't even go in a mood after the Bournemouth game that much. Do you know anybody going? Um, well, that's the magic. I've got a mate who's on. I shouldn't be saying this on public record. <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards. I've got a mate oh. potentially who's there. He's <laughs> Let's just say he's taken a pretty harsh back door. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on. Uh, Nicky Cross and Asker are and Carmella doesn't like it. Um, she's got a team. She wants way. to win the meaningless match. That mm. builds the match is already in. I love the way Asker handled this match later, by the way. Uh, anyway, Candice LeRae comes in and she's like, what's going on with you, Nicky? Why are you following me around? And Nicky goes, I'm crazy. And then just walks off. Well, I don't know what the blue. It was such a gear shift from like Cody and Sammy doing this to just... Women be crazy sort of segment. Triple H cannot book women. No, he hates I them. cannot believe we've arrived at this point, but he cannot book women anymore. Anyway, back to Baron Corbin. <laughs> They're like, we'll try this again. He's like, oh, yeah, well, JBL's a has-been and a, a loser, and he's tired of being disrespected. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Did JBL politic this last week or whenever it was? Did he well, say, if you want us back at any point... I have to just get rid of this loser. Got to keep my heat, brother. I've got to keep... Did he? Because what was... Oh, someone is either a politic and arsehole or someone's a complete idiot in this scenario. If JBL didn't go out on his back... Corbyn said he... Sh it should have been Corbyn saying, you've done nothing for my career. I'm going to absolutely end of Daisy in the ring. Or if they can't, if you can't do a bump, do a unseen backstage assault and JBL's under like a chairs or the scaffold and go, oh my God. I had the fuse. Poker in, chips and cards everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tipped over poker table. And Corbin's like, he's had enough of his career. Why was it that way around? Either Triple H hates him and is a vindictive bully. Hmm. Or JBL is a politicking bastard. Hmm. Why not both? <laughs> uh, so Corbin's annoyed that he obviously got cut off to talk about Sami Zayn uh, and people saying, oh, Reigns is going to destroy him in Montreal. And he says, you know the last person to beat Roman Reigns? You've got two thumbs. This guy. Um, uh, me. I uh, I would have won the Rumble uh, if what hadn't what happened with Brock hadn't happened. I'd have gone on to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And now Cody Rhodes has taken nine months off, come in at number 30, and he's got this 
you know, paved road of gold all the way to WrestleMania. Uh, he's a joke, his brother's a joke, and his dad was a joke. And just as he's saying that, of course, Cody's behind him, jumps him as soon as he mentions his dad, drags him out to the ring, calls for a referee, and we get a very brief match. Rhodes wrestling in his suit. Um, he hits a suicide dive, and he finishes him off with a crossroads. The visual of the suit is important because it has to scan as more of a... Baron Corbin's never been lower on the totem pole than he is right now. Cody can beat him without even getting his gear on, that sort of thing. And um, I was... Like, I'd remembered Corbin saying this before, but I just... My fact head went into overdrive. I'm going to have a look at this, when exactly this was. And it was 2019. It was a dog food feud. Um, around this same time, do you know what the main event... You know how these tape 205 Live after SmackDowns or Raw sometimes? Get the purple ropes up, do the taping, because they don't care about it anymore. The main event of a 205 Live from this period of time, it might be my new Bret Hart, Tom McGee. Go on. So with the, the network? With the 205 Live match. None of this just was dark in the building. Oh. For the last people that hadn't decided to beat the traffic and actually watch this 205 Live show, the thanks that they got for sitting through that and giving WWE a TV crowd was for the WWE Universal Championship, King Corbin versus The Fiend. What? Oh, my God. In a 205 Live ring. How, how, I want to see that. Was the length on there or not? I think it, it's about five minutes, maybe. Oh, so, so. no! <laughs> <laughs> Corbin, like, grabs a hold and then fiend, fiends up. Fiends him. With my Right, the women are arguing backstage. And then Raquel Rodriguez says, shut up, we need to focus up for this weird six woman that we're going to have. Right. And it was As- Asuka, Carmella, and Nikki Cross versus Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, and Natalia. Um, I just like the fact, I mean, I'm, I've, I've barely written any notes on this because I've just written, Asuka lays out both her partners and then submits Liv Morgan because she's the best. We did think that it wasn't going to go well for Asuka and the heels. Um, ah, I get why. I'm seeing a lot of, well, it's going to have to be Asuka. Best of a bad situation, this division's in the bin. I, I get that as a rationale. And especially because she made the comeback in the Kana aesthetic and all the rest of it. I'm still not sure that WWE are that committed to it. She's The fact that she's arsing around in the comedy stuff, I think is a bigger... T- I just don't think they would have done that to somebody that they've got lined up as a serious threat to Bianca. But I think it'll be Raquel. I think so too. And I think, fair enough, like that's fresh... Raquel's had like a half-decent run. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think people are manifesting something with Asuka here where it was really just like a fresh coat of paint and nothing more. The booking has nowhere near supported her Royal Rumble entrance, basically. I'm not seeing it. I'll tell you what came next. I've got nothing else to say. Don't look at me. <laughs> what the hell's that to say about this? It was trash. Well, we'll tell you what wasn't. TV program is trash. Well, not all of it, because next, Chad Gable's chatting to Otis backstage. Otis is loving his Coney Island hot dog. But uh, Gable chucks it aside, says, that's bad for you. But it's landed on Mansoir, and he's got <laughs> mustard all over him. And there's Maxine Dupree. She says, uh, we're looking for a model. And, of course, Chad Gable assumes it's about him. He says, oh, yeah, you know, I uh, thought about being a model for a bit. And then I, you know, wanted to be more of a role model. And they're like, <laughs> Mace is like, Marseille, sorry. He's like, more of a hand model. <laughs> Which must be, oh my God, such a savage put down in the modeling world. Uh, <laughs> so she gives uh, Otis, who's now known as Otis. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, she gives. I'm so proud of that. Uh, <laughs> Otis, her card, and they leave. And Bronson really looks grumpy at Alpha Academy as he walks past. But. You pitch this, your thoughts. 
Well done for listening. <laughs> yeah, this is silly bollocks and it's amusing. Yeah. Best. I love it. <laughs> That's why I love to roll. Adam, I didn't love it. Let's not get carried away. Adam I love Pierce, this like, bit. Adam Pierce watching telly from a sideways angle. That's why I signed them. <laughs> for this right here. Well, I I think they're one of the most underrated acts in WWE. Like the the fun stuff they do on dot-com exclusives, the fun stuff they do on social media. Alongside they just have a just and Chad Gable's obviously going to be great in part, as part of all this as well. Alongside this part of WWE, it's a buffet, you see. So you need uh, your undercard comedy attractions as well as your white-hot main event programs. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? You want to say? No. Not a good buffet. Talking like a <laughs> Panda Express or something, but like, you know, not... Uh, I said it was amazing. I'm not talking it's like a Premier Inn breakfast. I'm, I'm, oh, I God. Was, That's a good buff. Yeah. I said it was, I was still on OTs. We're on Premier Inn breakfast right now, really, yeah. but we can circle back to it. OTs. Well, it was, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> We're on Premier Inn breakfast right now. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Flat Earther. <laughs> Bronson Reed versus Mustafa Ali came next. Skip. There was a really brutal looking spot I didn't want to mention. Because he just chucked him into like a chair in the timekeeper's area. It looked like it sucked, but uh, Bronson Reed dominated one with the tsunami. Anything you want to say about this? No, because I said skip. I just wanted to mention because I feel like he should wait before he hits the tsunami. He just sort of does it straight away. It annoys me. It really annoys me. Bronson Reed uh, beat Ali. Uh, Jack Simon Pegg. It's now time. But don't. Now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it! <laughs> this this, this is the Dadleys and Dad on this podcast. And this week's five-star review review uh, is brought to you by F- Farrell Coleman. If you want to have your name associated with a five-star review review, you can leave us one on Apple Podcasts by leaving us a five-star review on there. Or... You can leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Screenshot it. Need the proof. And then just like Farrell's done, you can email me your review, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Farrell writes, Hi, Adam and the Dadleys, long-time listener and a huge fan. Uh, decided to email today today with my five stars as it hit me how integral the reviews with the Dadleys have become to my weekly routine. As I type this, it's Tuesday. I finished work, played five aside, and off to Asda for the weekly grocery shop. During the rare solo driving and shopping, I catch up on the SmackDown and Rampage reviews uh, and as much of the Raw review as I can fit in. I think think the two biggest compliments I can give you gents are when I watch wrestling and something great or terrible happens, I get the double pop. (laughs) The first pop of the content unfolding before me and the second anticipating you guys reviewing it. Number two... I own a copy of both of Sidger's books. Yeah, thank a you. Signed copy. Ellie Knight saying thanks. A signed copy of Becoming All Elite and a personalized copy of Development Hell, which I received for my 30th birthday from my wife three years ago, with well wishes and messages from all the guys at What Culture. I was spoiled rot that ra- I was spoiled rotten that day. Yeah, that was definitely the ch- gift most cherished. Keep up the fantastic work. I'm probably more excited for the Elimination Chamber review than I am for the show itself. And for my five-star review review, screenshot attached, I challenge you to find the horny comments in the WWF Raw introductory promo masterpiece of Men on a Mission. Thank you for being so iconic. 
All the best, Farrell Coleman. Thank you for that, Farrell. Thank you, Farrell. That's made my day, that has. Yeah, amazing review, that. The idea, I'm the same with the podcasts I love. Scant free time in the day. So the fact that you spend yours with us is very much appreciated. As is this request. Because Can I... I tell you something, sorry? Yeah. I watched Predator over three nights. <laughs> yes. Did you? You had to stretch it out like that. Honestly, man, I'm just exhausted all the time. Yeah. Exhausted all of the goddamn time. Relentless. Sunday, swimming. And that's it for me. I'm exhausted. So I was, <laughs> I was up earlier, went swimming with the, the youngest, and I was just knackered. So half an hour of Predator, then another half an hour, and then I watched the last hour last night. The, uh, the Arnie war cry when he's like, right, this is what it's come down to. I'm here. I'm unarmed. You consider me a worthy opponent. <gasps> <laughs> yes! Get into it! I was like the Just Bleed guy. Waiting <laughs> <laughs> for Arnie and Predator. You've just like given away two cell noises for NXT wrestlers tonight that are listening. Oh, I'll write that down. Oh, by the way, check out the NXT preview. I forgot about the wall cry. How can I forget about that when I watch it? I was like, I'm like, oh, yeah, so he does. He goes like, ah! Something special coming your way for the NXT preview later on today. That's all I'll say. No, not my work. Work of one of our brilliant listeners. But anyway, yeah, take us back to Men on a Mission. Yeah, like 1993, a tag team were being introduced, introductory vignettes, nothing out of the ordinary for WWE at the time in that regard. I didn't realise, like you said, oh, it's a Men on a Mission. That was great, fantastic. I did not realise part of that was in the context of Find the Horny Comments challenge. I just thought it was like, oh, well, watch Men on a Mission, have a laugh. And it's like, no, you've got to go looking for... I've found some horny comments that just might not be from... Men on the mission. Yeah. Um, this, yeah, no much, no more to it than that, really. Um, we, we have an obsession in the office with Mo's face. Yes. <laughs> Mo's, yeah. Mo's face. Mo, in general, the phenomenon that is Mo. Um, Vince brought Men on a Mission in, and it's Vince, right? And it's steroid trial era Vince. He, the Fed's sniffing around. So he kind of gets mad into naturally big guys rather than worse than naturally big guys. Mabel fits the bill. And like, can, can I bring more? <laughs> like substituted artificially enhanced muscles for flab. Let's yeah. be honest. These all like Yoko, ridiculously Mabel. unnatural height, like crazy height, or uh, fat guys. <laughs> That's what he did. I once wrote an article that I'm amazed he didn't have them on stilts. <laughs> so if he can't have fake, glamorous big, he could take any big he got. He, they just had to be big. Big fat guys, big tall guys. I'm surprised mm. he didn't put Brett and Sean on stilts. Yeah. Those ridiculous, like, those first WWE Chris Jericho lifts. Yeah. Where they were, like, yeah. slipping off the soles of his boots. He couldn't even work. <laughs> so, yeah, no expense has been spent on this. Because <laughs> they've shoved him in front of a green screen of an urban environment. Oh, Bruce, go out and film trains. <laughs> Car on its side. God. Some people on a swing. Some people <laughs> stood in a road. Graffiti, but saying stuff like, life <laughs> yeah you know, I've, I've obviously written the uh rap down thank you i will say with help from michael hamlet that i was just like i was convinced that i was hearing it wrong sage because i was like that doesn't mean anything welcome to the fed yeah oscar welcome you know, to the fed is you know, it your got his day do you know he got his job oscar to shoot this, WrestleMania 9 in Las Vegas, and he was, I think he was a fan there, like he bought a ticket, or he knew that WWE mm -hmm. were in town. Yeah. And he like got, it was a, it was Vince first, and then another WWE official. He got in like a lift with him, and just started rapping. And Vince is like, oh my God, pal. <laughs> like, what is this, what is this music? <laughs> like, obviously thinking that he just discovered rap music as a genre in 1993, and we know that like, yeah. Oscar's not exactly like expert well. in it. 
But like, was that Eric B or just a massive WWE fan that like thought, I'm just going to wrap out the wrestlers and impress Vince. And then he did it again to somebody else. He was this bothersome figure around WrestleMania 9 weekend. And it worked. It was like, well, he can do that. We'll find a couple of wrestlers to saddle with him. Mm. And thus, Man of Mission was born. Sid, sorry to put you on the spot here. But if you had to rename one of your children, Mo, how are you spelling that? M-O. Well, let's find out. What e. Yeah. Yeah. More from The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. M to the M to the M to the O. No. Right, and if you're not sure who he's introducing here, next line clarifies for you. Got my boy, and his name is Mo. <laughs> Mo, if you're thinking, right, okay, but I need to know more information about Mo. Mo is fast, and he is not slow. His name is Mo, and his name's not Joe. That's absolutely... <laughs> what are you doing? What on earth are you doing? The thing is, he is, he is slow. Yeah. Yeah. He, is, he was a bit slow. Nobody got a chance to call him Joe, because you called him Mo seven times in, like, the first verse. So you got his name wrong, you then get his name right, then you qualify that that's definitely his name. Because I can understand why he's confused. He's not... No. <laughs> It's not Joe, it's Mo. So maybe if you had said that first. I love that as a way of introducing someone. Ah, uh, yeah, um, this is my friend. <laughs> he's doing the he's, he's doing more faces. God, this is a, we, please never. I've never implored people more to watch the video yeah. that relates to what we're reviewing here. Mo has like, <laughs> <laughs> what, like what is more motivation? Well, just be more. I don't really know how to be more since you've given me a preposterous name and gimmick. I'll just wobble my face in the <laughs> camera. my friend Michael. His name's not Steve. His name's Michael. What? You just, what? Give that again. Just like uninterrupted by the bits. M to the M to the M to the O. Got my boy and his name is Mo. Mo is fast and he is not slow. His name's Mo and his name's not Joe. That's all time about that's, that's I love it, but it's all time about it. It's absolutely I said ter- this, I, I said this in the office. I'm never feeling bad about the song on WrestleCulture ever again. <laughs> Should. Uh, oh yeah. He kicks bots with no delay. There's not a wrestler he can't slay. Slam him, bang him, and then he'll pin him. Pick him up, then he'll skin him. Oof. That's a predator. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the predator does. We're on a mission. We're on a mission. We're Mo on a mission. Can you. We're on a mission. Okay. Now, what about what about the other guy that stood with you? <laughs> For both of them, he's like when he says their name, the literal next word after saying their name is their name again. <laughs> Got my boy. My name is Mo. Mo is fast and he's not slow. Okay, this one. Got my boy. He's willing and able. What's his name? His name is Mabel. <laughs> That's convenient, because it rhymes. He's a name twice in that line. So inelegant, isn't it? What's his name? His name is Mabel. <laughs> you couldn't have had someone else say it. Like, Mo could have said, what's his name? His yeah. name is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, my boy, he's willing and able. What's his name? His name is Mabel. Mabel, I said it. He's on the case. But call- a detective. <laughs> but also, this is the bit that confused me, Sage. Mabel, I said it. He's on the case. But call him Mabel to his face. What? Is that like a don't call him Mabel to his face or do because his name is Mabel? <laughs> don't call him Mo and do not f-ing call him Joe. <laughs> don't call him Mabel to his face. Do call him. No, but call him Mabel to his face. <laughs> Touch it like... I've told you like three times. He's a bit sensitive, Miss Mabel. Don't like 
Call him names, yeah. like Biner's back. Call him Mabel, as I've made it very clear in this verse, because his name is Mabel. But I, yeah, I know you're thinking, right, I've got it. I've got, his name's Mo, and we all know it's Bill Mo with three M's and an O. <laughs> but how am I spelling Mabel? Thankfully, we continue. 495, and he's built to last. <laughs> Don't let this guy fool you, this boy is fast. No, he isn't. <laughs> he could get up a bit. Uh, big, big guilty pleasure wrestler of mine, Mabel Visceral, whatever, Big Daddy V, but he was not quick. More agile than you'd expect at first glance. Yeah. There is a remarkable uh, 1994 Mabel Yokozuna match kicking around on a Coliseum video. Remarkable in how good it is, but like speed is not a part of that. No. M to the A to the B E L. <laughs> Got it. Right. Uh, yeah. Mabel. Mabel. He's guaranteed to ring your bell. At least he won't skin you, I suppose. <laughs> We're on a mission. We're on a mission. We're on a mission. We're on a mission. We're, for people that listen to the podcast or catch us on YouTube, uh, we're going to go longer on this on a Get the Mabel later this week. Oh, God. So. A- anything that's a pun, you'll just say it. Yeah. I'll take Sidgwick's to stay because I know I'll get your giggle. Yeah. So we're all right. Score draw. Uh, we go to the comments. Johnny Polo 665 writes, to this day, I have no idea what the mission was. <laughs> mission to win tag team gold. Yeah. And they accomplished it. And like, and how did they accomplish it? Who did they beat? They beat the Quebecers at a house show because Mabel fell on top of Pierre and he couldn't <laughs> get out. Yeah. What? So to put the head to switch like that. in Sheffield on a house show. Mabel fell on top of uh, Pierre. He couldn't get. He couldn't get up. Pierre couldn't move. So, so the rest, <laughs> rest, like one, two, three. You're gonna get up. He's like, well, we might bloody have to now. So there's a picture of them all in the belts. And they had to switch them back at the next show. <laughs> Forgot entirely about that. Oh. Amazing. <sighs> Big Ben, O three one six. Mabel looks twenty five. Mo looks fifty six. <laughs> it's true, man. Poor Mo. I know. Poor Mo. Old granddad Mo. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it from this YouTube Whoa. comment. So what? There's no horny stuff. No. We found the only we video. Found we we finally completed it. it. It's not even like uh, I remember when Viscera wanted to pound Vaj. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> even like that. that. Couldn't see any Nothing of that. Nothing about Matt Hardy in the Royal Rumble that year. <laughs> No, instead, uh, I went and looked in the Twitter replies and Instagram replies to Rhea Ripley's photos, and it turns out there's quite a few in there, so I thought I'd just oh, include God. them. Has that got to do with men on a mission? Dom's a man on a mission? What's his mission? Mammy. Um, Jay. Um, his mission is mammy. <laughs> Could have said beating up his deadbeat dad Ray Mysterio. Also alliteration, so uh Mammy on a mission. Lads, it's twenty past twelve. It's been a good pod. Yeah. Jay writes Oh, I wanna see her toes so bad. It might like toes, he might like feet. Yeah. It's weird that he's expressed this online oh, <laughs> when <laughs> she's not a sex object. No. Um Mike's Taking care of the Oh, ad. she's not... Uh, I mean, There's just loads of internet, isn't there? I know. There's so much internet out there. Mike's um, just taking care of the admin side of things. I will submit a picture of her ass to the USAA, the United States Ass Association, to see if this is a prime <laughs> choice. 
<laughs> get the governing bodies. <laughs> Google, Google that right now. Does it exist? Yes, AA. It's a financial services company, according to this. It's the United States ass. Generally, now, right now. Uh, is, that, is that good? The <laughs> <laughs> United States Automobile Association is a surprise. Is that an ass? <laughs> uh, do they just do they register asses? Do they rank the greatness of, of asses? What's the criteria? Good day at work. A lot of asses. <laughs> <laughs> Who decides? Uh, Rosie writes, I need to resist the urge to simp. <laughs> but it's simple, you like. Jose, Jose doesn't have that problem. <laughs> he writes, I will be her puppet like the NWO for life. <laughs> what does that mean? Do we like for life, apparently? Oh. Um, and this, you did some of your fingers there, so. I'm I was doing the full life. Oh, okay. NWO. Uh, finally, Snoopy uh, writes, I don't normally post horny on this account, but there's a book coming. Yeah, I'm Hold sure up. there is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I usually post horny on this account, but Rhea can definitely step on me. <laughs> don't normally post audio on this account. So, like, what's that account for? I'm having, like, a work account. Yeah. I'm going to have to here. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't you... Have you still got his ass written down? I haven't got... I haven't, I've... Ah, uh, you could have... You could have... Checked? Checked what his actual line of work is. What his shoot job is. He's felt the need he had to. He just had to. Uh, I don't know how he got here, but thank you uh, once again... I don't again know how he did. ...to uh, Farrell Coleman your for that. choice. I just, you know, got to give the people what this they want. This is true, this yeah. is true. I mean, United States Ass Association. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, what do you did? What do you do today, work, honey? Uh, yeah, just uh, some turd cutters. <laughs> some, uh... You said you wouldn't even bring where you work home with you. Oh, don't look at my bag. Yeah, I'm probably just going to work from home today. <laughs> I'm out to my elbows in ass. So. <laughs> <laughs> really, it shouldn't work for the ass association. I don't know. The US ass association. Do you think they bring cake in on people's birthday? Oh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Edge and Beth mm. Phoenix. Called themselves the Grit Couple. That was it. The backstage interview to sell for the show. Nearly finished. It's time for Miss TV now with Seth Rollins. Oh my god, those shoes! Yeah, he's uh, he's talking about his guest Seth. Where's Seth's head at? Is it focusing on the chamber? Logan Paul, rent free, all that. Outcomes Seth Rollins in what are those big red boots? Apparently, they're a thing. Yeah, tick to walk phenomenon. Too old for that, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm far too old. Yeah. What's all for this bloody raw? He looked funny though. Yeah, it just—I I made my brain hurt because it looked like it had been like photoshopped on, or yeah, yeah. I don't know. It looked weird. Uh, anyway, um, crowd is sick. Oh, sorry, Seth Rollins comes out. Four 
four hours deep into a roar. Pardon my manners. <laughs> Josh is probably outside waiting to come in. <laughs> oh, they sounds like they're nearly finished. Um, Maze does the. Do you remember one of those from about five years ago? 2015. Was it? Someone did Jesus. the. Jesus. Years ago. What are those? 2015. 2015 on Vine, a defunct platform. It's a lot more up to date than Karen's they were, though. Vines. I love Vines. Yeah. Mm, but I'm vines. 37 and I'm not in fashion. That's fine. I'll watch a compilation every now and then. Yeah. yeah. I might watch it on one of my ones. Um, I hope Seth isn't going to be wearing those in the Illumination Chamber. Uh... Seth tells Miz, the fine folks of Brooklyn don't want to talk about the dumpster. Well, yeah, Miz tried to get him to talk about Logan Paul, sorry. Um, and uh, Seth says he didn't want to talk about that dumpster fire of a human being. They came here to sing. And Miz is like, if I want to hear someone sing, I'd listen to Taylor Swift because I got tickets and you didn't for some tour or something. Uh, he wants to talk about Logan Paul. Uh, he says, you're a clown. you got the boots to match. Um, he is a clown. Yeah. Seth says, look, I was raised, if you haven't got something nice to say, don't say anything at all. And Miz is like, well, yeah, about that. You were eliminated by him by the, at the Rumble. You keep talking about him on Twitter, on Pat McAfee, but not with me. Not in this ring. And Seth's like, shut up, Mike. Uh, all he ever wanted to do was main event and headline WrestleMania. Oh, God. Uh, that dream matters to him. Well, it's f- you failed. You didn't win the Royal Rumble. I mean, technically, you did close out the show at WrestleMania once. Yeah, main advantage. Technically. Triple threat, wasn't it? Yeah. Failed. Um, but Logan Paul, that talks about his dream, basically, to do that. And Logan Paul doesn't give a damn about that dream. He's selfish. He's soulless. All he cares about is lining his own pockets and getting famous. Um, he doesn't deserve to have his na- name mentioned in this ring. Um, he, all he wants is, is attention, but he's going to get his teeth ki- All he needs to have is his teeth kicked in. I mean, it sounds like you're a bit jealous. Um, he says, look... Oh, yeah, and Seth says, you stupid, and Miz says, I'm not stupid. Um, and the crowd says, yeah, you are bloody stupid. And that's, Miz says, I'm not bloody stupid. Um, and he says, look, that we're the only two, two-time two Grand Slam champions, but I'm the only one who's headlined WrestleMania. Uh, the guy you're calling stupid. the first segment. The exact same dialogue. It was bad, this. The reiteration of... Wikipedia page stuff. I did I have it. a memory. I know that all this happened. They say it every week if I forget. I best show of the week. The Willborn. I never say that about Monday Night Raw. Twenty fifteen. That like with regards to the boots thing was the year Seth main event at WrestleMania. So you think Miz would be able to remember it? <laughs> best show of the week so far. Um, <laughs> I've lived your dream. He winds him up. Miz gets popped in the mouth by Seth. Uh, hits him with a chair. Um, here comes Austin Theory. Seth drops him. Uh, stomp with the boots. Uh, but and in the end, the uh, Seth gets sent into the steps. Um, Miz, that's it. Miz goes for a school crushing finale. Gets super kicked, stomped by Seth. But then Theory comes in. A town down. Theory stands tall over Seth Rollins. Oh my God! What month is this? More <laughs> Rollins and Theory stuff. I've got very little to say. Other than I can't, well, I can't believe it because he's creatively bankrupt, and Paul Heyman's doing the bloodline. He is. <laughs> there is nothing 
in my experience of watching a Triple H booked professional wrestling show, that would indicate that he is directly responsible for this bloodline stuff. And at least he has the self-awareness to realize that it's really good and he can task somebody else or other people, plural, with its brilliance. Invisible camera aside. My God, there's like four, four stories in WWE in like two promos. The, I wanted the main event WrestleMania, but this bloody guy got in the way. Like That's your Logan Paul story. Like that You've got two absolute clowns. Do something creative with these idiots in Logan Paul and Seth Rollins, and you're doing the, he cost me my chance to main event WrestleMania, which I've already done, but, you know, it doesn't really count. So I wasn't promoted. What does that say? You're a B-plus player. Like, what are you doing with these stories? It's I felt like this was the wrong... Way to get. I didn't mind that, that Seth element of this story, truthfully. Like, Seth being, like, earnestly angry with... Lo- like, his job now as a babyface is to every now and then let... Is he? Well, I believe that his job as a babyface now is to let the earnest version of himself, like, break through the facade of this idiot that he plays. He's a clown, you're right. But the idea is is that now he's a babyface, he's Seth Rollins underneath the clown makeup. He was literally wearing clown shoes. You give the people what they want, <laughs> so you do a stomp in those clown shoes... This is the problem with this character because he's wearing those boots. I'm like, well, I want to see a stomp in that, and I got one. So, like, I'm like, thank you. I got what I was after. Miss TV was the worst place for it because this, like, pissing contest between people without dicks was just nightmarish TV. I like that. I like that. That's like, good. it was just, it was miserable seeing these two compete for over nothing. Um, and so the Seth Rollins character, complex isn't the word, but the backstory is, like, I was raised uh Say, if I have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. I was also raised to, like, spike somebody's eye out if I could. <laughs> like, it's what a weird life this character's <laughs> had, like, navigating WWE. Um, so, yeah, like, Seth Rogen's Logan Paul, genuinely, I'm quite into. And I don't mind the stakes of a WrestleMania main event being what Seth Rollins is initially annoyed with. Because Logan Paul could almost say, hold the mirror up to yourself, mate. As mm. stupid as you think I am, look at yourself. And that, Seth has to find more of... All right, I'm going to have to put the bollocks to one side here because Logan Paul's better than I'm giving him a bit of credit for. I can't, think there's a story in there. Can't wait to see 2019 Seth Rollins come back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go f*** yourself. You're right. <laughs> but, like... Yeah. But, yeah, I think there's a... I like Seth and Logan Paul's a pairing. I do. And I think there's better weeks than it'll get here. But I don't mind that as a kickoff to the story. Could say they're both in their prime. That's the drinkies. Uh, speaking of get what you want, Rick Boogs is backstage. It's the best. It's the best thing. Uh, and if you're not noticed, by the way, MVP shouting to Cedric Alexander about Shelton Benjamin. Business is happening. Uh, what could that mean? <laughs> you know, there are people on Reddit who think it's the absolute greatest thing on earth that Triple H books things to happen in the background of his <laughs> invisible camera things. And MVP's doing kind of like on balance. They're a pretty rubbish job. How many chats does he need? I know, like yeah. He waits once a week to negotiate for 10, 15 minutes, and they still don't. Did you get it? I want to reform the Hurt Business. You know, I saw That's the f- me again in seven days. You know, I saw the face of God when Nikki Cross was acting crazy in a backstage segment. <laughs> because, oh, my God, he did two things at once. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sanity, you're coming back. Get, and I'm coming now. Get a life. Anyway, get a life. I only saw this. Get on. some bloody taste and be born earlier. I only saw this on a, a report of this because I could not take my eyes off Rick Boogs, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elias is there, and I'm like, fucking get off my telly. Um, Boogs is in there, mate. Can we have uh, Rick Boogs? We've got Rick Boogs at home. Elias. Uh, <laughs> I'm only saying that because they're setting up a feud, and I'm nailing my colours to the mast, obviously. Your boogs, Boogs and out. Yeah, I'm Boogs and out because uh, Elias is like, maybe we can do a collab. And uh, Boogs says, I was born and bred to rip and shred. I'm so pumped. I'm booging out. And he just... <laughs> Hooks off is the best, this. 
Uh, and then we have a break and we come back and Miz is still buggered from the, the curb stomp in the big silly red shoes. Uh, and he's like, I'm not wrestling. <laughs> Too late, here he comes. Uh, and Miz says, you're a meathead. There's no way I can wrestle. And they just went yeah, ring the bell. Biggs picks him up and curls him like 10 times like he's a... Brian Cage. Good spot. Barbell. Good spot. I love that they've invented that spot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, hits his brilliant press slam finisher for the one, two, three. Inside a minute. Uh, this is a prelude to The Miz complaining that he wasn't ready again. So we're going to see this match for what it is three times. I Look, Boogs, I enjoy that you enjoy him. And I think he'll get over it. Not my kind of thing. So my thoughts on it are limited. Um, Corey Graves can kiss my ass for that horrific ableist slur. Yeah. Dropped on commentary. I missed that. I'm not going to ask what it was, obviously. Two of the basically the same match on the same show as well. Babyface destroys idiot heel in about a minute. Um, but some people will tell you. Wrong people will tell you. The contrast was great here because like Miz wasn't ready. He got his ass kicked. Cody wasn't ready. And he kicked ass. That's the difference between good and evil. Well, there's a million better examples of that. Watch that. Rubbish. Sorry, Wilbon. I like I like your enjoyment. I love Boogs, man. Um, Chelsea's there. She's uh, arguing with uh, Postman Pierce. We're never getting to the main event stage. This role's going to go on forever, forever, forever. This role's better than Terry Funk. She's emailed the manager. Uh, dude. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, that's right. Dude. That's right. She's emailed. I've seen Terry Funk before. That's <laughs> my bit. And you've just. I love Terry Funk. I can't have this podcast. Not be a Terry Funk podcast. I like Terry Funk quite a lot as well, but I don't like him as much as Murray, and I like needling him with that one. <laughs> Murray like Murray like likes to do this thing where he like finds people sacred cows, and then he has a bit of a pot mm. like that. Cedric's <laughs> 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 the Beatles. It's the Beatles, isn't it? And David Lynch. He'll go for the Beatles or David Lynch. Oh, Kenny Kenny Omega. Cedric's ready to go for him. Kenny Omega, David Lynch, and the Beatles. Yeah, mine's NXT. I don't, know what, I don't know what mine is. Oh, Cribs. It's called, it's called the Cribs of the Crabs for like three years. <laughs> yeah. It's quite, it's quite brilliant, that. Um, it's the Cribs of the Crabs. <laughs> <laughs> it was Chris Jericho in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll just take a pop at Terry Funk every now and then. And I just see him like shoulder stiffen. Terry <laughs> Funk's great. It's Terry Funk. <laughs> Uh, she's been emailing the managers, but they're the same bloody person. Um, she wants in on the triple threat. Uh, Pierce says no, points his finger, and she says, don't touch me. You touch me, I'll scream. <laughs> Feeling very threatened right now. I quite like this character. No, I don't. I do. <laughs> there we go. Good. I do. It's a good character. That, that's democracy. Democracy, democracy in action. I do too, but it's the same thing every week. Uh, they're going to do this bit over and over again, run it in the ground, and she's not going to get more over than she is. She has to have the meltdown. Yeah. The Karen's have meltdowns. She has meltdowns. It's a hot mess. It's a very... Uh, I've said this on SmackDown. I don't care to say it again. <laughs> Um, the main event is just around the corner. Before that, Finn Balor. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're getting interviewed all the Judgment Day. Uh, we're going to keep beating them up again and again and again. Um, the, Dom says the game's past Edge, Beth, and even my dad by. <laughs> even my dad, Rey Mysterio by. <laughs> the game has passed them by. Whoever's writing this stuff for Dom is having a good time. Yeah. Uh, and then Rhea talks about Charlotte, and you know, are you on her level? Did I mentioned there was a thing. Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, I'm going to take the title. God, I hope so. Yeah, God. And then they run down Elimination Chamber. God. Then it was main event time. Bianca Belair versus Bailey versus Becky Lynch. Of course, if Ooh. Bailey or Becky Lynch win, they are in the chamber. Um, 
break early on after Lynch hits both opponents with like a double DDT. Out comes the rest of Damage Control, EO, Sky, and Dakota Kai. Um, <laughs> me at home watching this is going, <laughs> it's the Simpsons. When are they going to get to the firework fight? Here comes Trish. There's Damage Control out there. They're causing interference. That's going to bring out. We're going to gonna get a coquettish laugh. And then out she's going to How would that sound? <laughs> oh, it's time to rock and roll. We're going to get Chris Jericho with a witch's hat, and then out comes Trish Trash. Uh, anyway, Tara Doom spot. Um, Bailey hits a diving elbow drop with Belair, breaks up the cover. Belair fires up and does Bianca Belair stuff. Uh, delayed vertical suplex on Bailey. She goes for that handspring moonsault, but Bailey gets her knees up, tries to cover with her feet on the ropes, but Lynch knocks her off. Lynch hits Belair with diamond dust, lands on Bailey in the process. She hits Bailey with a manhandle slam, but then EO Sky yanks her out of the ring and sends her into the post. Um, Bailey gets saved from a KOD by Dakota Kai. Sky drop kicks Belair, uh, and Bailey tries to stack her up, but uh, Belair kicks out at two. Um, then all the women who qualify for the chamber run out and attack Damage Katarl. And I suddenly thought, hey, we're not getting Trish after all. Um, Sky goes to the top so Belair can catch her and press slam her out onto the six women on the outside, which is a cool looking spot. Lynch gets, gives Bailey a manhandle slam, but Belair gives Lynch a KOD onto Bailey and Belair um, and pins Bailey for the one, two, three as Becky Lynch looks devastated, as does Bailey post match. And. Uh, they uh, run through the chamber card for this Saturday. The silence for the majority, the vast majority of this match was deafening. If you consider the star power of a Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, and the I like I love Bailey, but at this point she's like on that rung below. But certainly a horsewoman, like a pillar of women's wrestling within WWE. Certainly, like the fact that the fans could not give a toss about the majority of this until. They just hide bodies out there. This was kind of the opposite of those brawls where you don't care about any of it because at least suddenly the fans are like, I'm going to watch this instead. Like, there's at least some action that might have some consequences going on here. Um, I don't think that Bianca Belair winning in these circumstances was as good for her as they imagined it would be when they kind of did this booking on the fly deal. This idea that she would... Oh, she's so dominant atop this division that she can take out Becky Lynch and Bianca and Bailey at the same time. I just don't think that was achieved here. This felt like more like the failings of Becky Lynch and Bailey than anything else. Maybe that was a story that was supposed to be. Telling. I think the story, yeah, for, for, in their defence, I think the story is they're so focused on beating each other. Uh, maybe, but like they've done it. it was yes, a, like that. That stuff is that feud is finished. Like it's done. And Bianca Belair, if anything, I feels I feel was reduced here, being dragged into the the swamp of this division that she's supposed to be atop of. It's a state. This it's is terrible. It's a state. It's an absolute state. It's terrible. Rhea Ripley is the only good thing about it en masse. This match builds to a Elimination Chamber match in the most contrived way imaginable, and it's always contrived. It reduced to already floundering once stars, ex-stars, in Becky Lynch. Imagine Becky Lynch versus Ronda now. Jesus Christ. It reduced two X-Stars to a level below the Flotsam and Jetsam in the Elimination Chamber match. Or just that and literally make up the numbers. There's no clear winner of that match, by the way. They're not even like the extras. All right, we'll have to do a match to get the big Asuka push going because she's even not that over. No one cared about this in the arena. There were times when like Becky Lynch was doing a comeback or doing one of her signature moves and no one cared. And it was humiliating for Triple H. 
And the action was pretty turgid, I thought. There's a bit, and sloppy, sloppy jalopy son of a bitch. There's a bit where Becky had, I think it was Bianca, ready for a DDT. Just to get oh, to the break, yeah. yeah. And to get to the break, and she kind of stood there, frozen, hopeless, when Bailey said, and had to like realize, oh, God, I've got to take a DDT now, so I'm just going to run into it. Absolutely abomination. Thank God Paul Heyman's booking the one good story on the show. And thank God for Cody Rhodes being a star. Well, let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Um, later on today, our favourite podcast of the week... The NXT preview. Oh my god, it's Valentine's Favorite Day. Favorite podcast of the year. Do join us for that one. I'm going to make some actual notes for this. <laughs> I storyboard it. Um, yeah, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling to get that to drop in your feed as soon as it is released. And make sure, like Farrell Coleman did, thanks once again, Farrell. Uh, if you want to, you can uh, uh, submit a five star review, review, short crap wrestling related, either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Just make sure you screenshot it because we. Need the proof. Thank you very much. Uh, but for now, this has been the uh, Raw Review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we. We'll see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.